Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope Community Church. My name is Rich Schmidt. I'm the pastor here, and uh, we are excited to be able to worship with you today, wherever you might be. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. God, today, that's what we want to do. Uh, we want to surrender ourselves to you, uh, the God of the universe, the God who is holy. I mean, we were singing in that first song. We were just joining in with all of creation. Uh, the, the song that we read in scripture, we'll be singing around your throne one day. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. God, we worship you today. And we cry out to you today. We surrender to you all that we are, all that we have. And that includes, you know, today, quite a bit of anxiety, quite a bit of grief. Uh, the things that we see going on right now. God, it breaks our hearts. We long for the day uh, when you will return and make things right, Lord Jesus. Until then, would you even now uh, comfort those who are grieving? Would you, would you open the ears of those who have been unwilling to listen to the cries of the hurting? God, would you help all of us who, who claim to be your kids to have hearts like yours, to reach out in love, to experience your grace and to extend that grace to others. God, today there are almost uh, almost no words for some of the things that we're experiencing. And, and God, you know that each of us are, are hitting, hitting different things right now in our lives. Uh, some of us, frankly, right now we're feeling pretty good. Others of us today are feeling devastated. Some of us are facing circumstances that others of us will never ever see or know. But all of us, God, we cry out to you. You are the, the Holy One. You are the God who made us. You are the God who loves us. And we know that you don't pass us by. You hear the cries of our hearts. You are present with us today. You are listening. You are here to, to heal, to, to strengthen, to give hope. So today, God, would you do this for us? Would you help us to experience your love? Would you fill our hearts with your love? Help us to know how loved we are by you. And you know, for some of us, that's, that's our struggle, is to see ourselves as valuable, to see ourselves as loved by you. Would you help us, God, to know just how deeply you love us? And would you fill our hearts to overflowing with that love that you have for all of us? So that as we go through our lives, as we get frustrated with the people around us sometimes. Maybe we've been cooped up with them for too long. Maybe we are facing some very real hurts or some very real disagreements. God, would you so fill our hearts with your love that it just spills out and we just can't help but love the people around us and be gracious to the people around us. God, we pray that you will work through us as your people to bring your light, your grace, your love, your hope to the people in this world that you put us in contact with. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us today. Thank you for inviting us into this time where we get to connect with you. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. 
Thanks. Um, I'm looking forward to next Sunday when there will actually be some of you here in the room with us besides just us. And uh, thank you guys so much for serving us today, for leading us in music. And uh, so some of you were here early enough that you caught the little video that led into the service, the little countdown that helps those of you who are on Facebook or YouTube or wherever realize like, oh, hey, the service is starting. I should tune in. Um, that we, um, we are going to go ahead and open the building next Sunday. Uh, we knew we were going to do it sometime in June, and uh, we feel like now is the time to go ahead with that. Now, I'll tell you, it's not going to be the same as usual. It's not going to be like we're walking in like, oh, ho, everything's back to normal. All right. Hugs, high fives, all the stuff. No, it, uh, we're going to be encouraging everyone to wear a mask because there may be some of us in the room who are uh, a little more vulnerable. We don't know. Um, and you never know, none of us know, the way this thing works uh, if we have it but we aren't showing symptoms yet. So we're going to encourage everyone to wear a mask. We're not going to be touching. We're going to be six feet away from each other. Uh, we're going to have the room laid out a little bit differently uh, in order to make sure that we've got enough space. Although we always, uh, many of us sit around tables, so we already have a little extra elbow room. But uh, you're only going to be able to sit with people who you're already kind of quarantining with or already uh, in your household or some of you have begun to expand your household. You've got a little bubble uh, growing around your household. Uh, I suppose you could sit with them, but uh, it's going to be different. All right. Um, we're not going to have any kids ministry. We're not going to have the big table full of snacks and, and coffee and all of that. You're going to have to bring that, <laughs> bring it with you uh, if you want to have something to, to munch on or something to drink. But uh, if you want to be with us next week, uh, I, I ask that you just let us know. Uh, so we can make sure that we're ready for the number of people that are going to be here. We think we can just do one service at 9 o'clock uh, to start us off. But if we have too many to spread out, we may have to go to a second service. So please, there's a little survey uh, that I think is linked in the comments here somewhere. Uh, or you can do the Connect card thing and just let us know that you'll be with us. Uh, you'll get an email tomorrow uh, if you get emails from us um, that invites you once again to fill out that survey and let us know if you're going to be here with us next Sunday or if you're waiting until July or August or just kind of watching to see when you're going to come. Uh, it's our hope and our prayer, of course, that, uh, that we're all able to worship together in a room uh, without anybody having any issues. Um, but uh, we know that might not be the case. So we're going to do our best to make sure that this is a healthy, safe environment. And at the same time, we're going to do our best to make sure that those of you who are watching from home uh, will have at least as good of an experience as what we're having here in the room. Uh, you won't have to wear a mask at home. <laughs> and uh, you don't even have to, you can be in your pajamas. I guess you could be in your pajamas and show up. But anyway, all right. So that's happening next Sunday. Please let us know if you plan to be with us. Uh, some of you have already figured out that you can register for next year's 6K. Uh, and you can still donate today. I think is the last day to donate to uh, this past year's 6K for clean water. If you want to help us try to hit that $5,000 goal, you can go to valpo6k.com and donate. Uh, or I think we've been sharing some links. Uh, I don't remember the the link exactly, uh, but there's a 2021 page already, and you can go there and you can sign up for uh, half off, basically, for next year. If you already know, hey, I'm going to be doing the 6K in, in 2021, um, you can go there, you can use that little promo code that's there on the page, and uh, I'll make sure and link to that somewhere here uh, uh, after this is over, because I don't think I have a way to throw that up on the screen or anything right now, but uh, if you want to do that, today's your last chance to, to do that for, for half off. All right. There are lots of other things uh, that we could talk about before we dive into the message. And I know that um, <clears throat> some of you are probably going to wish that I were uh, focusing all of my energy, all of my attention on the, uh, the race issues that we're facing right now as a nation. Um, but instead, I think we're going to let that be one of the issues that gets discussed as a part of this series that we're already in. Um, I know that for some of you, this is a, 
a hugely traumatic time. Uh, I've got friends uh, that I've been connecting with this past week, um, some black friends that are telling me just how, how stressful this all has been. And um, I want you to know that I've been praying for you, and uh, probably many people here in our church have been. And um, <laughs> we all look forward to a day uh, when these kinds of issues just aren't present anymore. Uh, as we prayed earlier, when Christ returns and all things are made right, until then, hopefully, we as God's people can reflect his grace and his love and his goodness uh, here in the world and can be agents of change um, for the good of all. Uh, we're in a, this little three-part series um, about who we are as a church. Last week we talked about uh, us being a, a Christian people. Today we're talking about us being a holiness people. Next week will be us uh, being a missional people. What does it mean to be God's people? That's what we're trying to get at with this. Uh, what's it mean to be a people who belong to God, who have answered his invitation to say, uh, yeah, I, I want to be yours, God. I, I'm surrendering all to you, just as we sang. Um, last week, we talked about how for us, as uh, part of this big global Christian family, um, we are a Christian people. We're people who trust and follow Jesus. We allow Jesus to be the one who defines for us who God is and what it looks like uh, to honor him with our lives. Uh, we're, we basically believe Jesus and take him at his word. And uh, we're trusting, following him, and I think apprentice is the best word I can think of, the modern-day word for disciple, uh, which is the word used in the Bible. Jesus invited people to come and follow him, to, to walk with him, to learn from him, to do life the way that he did it. And uh, that's our, our hope and prayer, is that we will be a people who reflect Christ to the world around us. That's what the word Christian means. It's like a, a little Christ. It's someone who reflects the, the love of Christ, the character of Christ, who, who does the actions of Christ, does the work of Christ here in the world. And as God's people, that's part of what we're doing as part of this big global family. Uh, lots of variety in this family that we're a part of. Uh, we are part of the Church of the Nazarenes, just one uh, denomination among many. Uh, some of you have grew up Roman Catholic or Lutheran or Methodist or Baptist or something else. Um, some of you grew up uh, agnostic or atheist or who knows what. Uh, but at some point, God got a hold of you and you said, you know what, is this, could this really be true? <laughs> that God really did love us enough to come to us, to enter into our broken humanity in his son, Jesus Christ, and to bring healing and wholeness and life to me? And as we put our trust in him, as we say yes to him, we experience that grace and that goodness and that life. We become a part of his Christian people. Uh, today, this, this idea of being uh, this holiness people, uh, we're, I mentioned we're part of the Church of the Nazarene, which uh, grew up out of this holiness revival that was spreading across the United States back in the early 20th century. And um, people from all sorts of different groups came together and said, we really do believe that a holy God wants us as his people to be holy, and that by his Holy Spirit, he's empowering us to be holy that he's going to help us to be a people who reflect his goodness and grace, people who love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and who love our neighbors as ourselves, that God is going to make that possible for us, not just when we die and spend forever with him someday, but here and now in the world in which we live, that the holy God wants us to be a holy people. So what is this holiness thing? Uh, if we look at the Bible, the first place we see the word holy mentioned is in, in Genesis chapter 2, like on the second page. Uh, God has spent all uh, those six days creating all the different stuff, and on the seventh day, he said God rested, and he called the Sabbath day holy. He made it holy. So that day was holy, given to God. Uh, we get to the next book of the Bible, Exodus 3. The next time we see that word appear is when Moses meets God at the burning bush, and he's told uh, to take off his shoes because he's standing on holy ground. Uh, a little bit later in Exodus, it talks about God's holy dwelling. Basically, wherever God is, this is a holy 
place. This is a holy moment. Uh, in Exodus 19, God is telling them that, that they will be uh, for him a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, a nation that's set apart for him, a nation devoted to him. Leviticus chapter 11, God tells his people, be holy because I am holy. So God is holy. And all those places or objects or people who are connected to God must be holy. So this holy God, um, I love the, the image that's given there, especially as they, they talk about Isaiah. This holy God who is dangerous to be around because he is so good, so pure, uh, he comes to us and doesn't destroy us, but instead makes us pure, makes us clean. And that's what he has done in Jesus. He has come to us so that we can be holy as he is holy, so that we can have a relationship with this amazing God who loves us. And, uh, and he invites us then to continue that journey, to continue the work of Christ, to have those streams of living water flowing out from us um, to the people around us. Let me, let me read a couple of passages of scripture, and uh, I want you to hear these as being about you. This is from Ephesians chapter 1. It's where the Apostle Paul is writing to some early Christians in a city called Ephesus. And uh, when he says, uh, well, I just want you to hear this is about you, okay? It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. This is how God feels about you. Uh, his his longed to draw you to himself in Jesus Christ. And he decided in advance that that's what he wants to do and that in Christ, in a relationship with Christ, he is going to make us holy. He's going to adopt us as his own children. As we trust in Christ, we get kind of, it's almost like we get sucked into this, this plan of God, into this goodness and grace of God. That's why he sent Jesus in the first place, to, to pour out his grace upon us in him. He has purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. I know sometimes when we think of God as holy, we, get, we can get overwhelmed. In fact, I kind of think if we're not a little overwhelmed, we're not thinking about it right. <laughs> like, I love the image that was in that video of like the sun and someone getting too close to the sun. And I think of like, uh, you know, that tissue paper that I've seen some people doing this demonstration on YouTube. I don't know if any of you have the dangers of like hand sanitizer around open flames and uh, people who put some in a plate and then they lit it on fire. I should have done this. I would have set off the sprinklers. Okay, never mind. Uh, or the alarm. We don't have sprinklers. I would have set off the alarm. The fire, the fire company would have come again. Uh, uh, <clears throat> but I've seen this where people are talking about the dangers of it, and they, you can't even see the flame in the plate, uh, and then they bring the tissue close, and it catches fire. And um, I love that image that they showed us in the video uh, of it's dangerous to get too close to this holy God because we ourselves are not holy. You know, we are impure. It's a dangerous thing to get this close to God. And some of us, that's kind of where we stop. And we say, okay, if God is holy I, and I'm not, I just, uh, maybe I shouldn't even bother trying. You know, I, I don't want to get too close to God because he's going to expect things of me that I can't live up to. Uh, he's, he, uh, he never would put up with a person like me. Uh, I know I'm on the outside. I know I don't belong. I know I don't look like those Christians. I know I don't look like those people over there. They've got their stuff together. I don't. And so a holy God wouldn't want anything to do with someone like me. 
If that's your view of God, I encourage you to, to read the Jesus part of the story, all right? Because Jesus comes to show us who God is, and Jesus shows us that, that this holy God does not keep his distance from unclean people, from sinful people. It's not, that's, that's one way, it's very unlike the sun, all right? The sun just sits there, and we just revolve around it. God comes to us in Jesus, comes close to us, and instead of annihilating us, he, he is gracious, and he, instead of him becoming impure, he uh, extends his purity to us. He extends his grace and his goodness. The life of God overcomes our sinfulness and our death. And so we are invited through Christ, through a relationship with Christ, through saying yes to him, we find our sins forgiven. We find ourselves being made holy. It's why in letter after letter in our New Testament, uh, the Apostle Paul is addressing these early Christians as saints, to the saints in Ephesus, to the saints in Corinth, to the saints in, and in pretty much every town he writes to. He calls them saints, holy ones, people who are being made holy by the Holy Spirit of God given to us through Jesus Christ. That's where in Ephesians chapter 1, just a few verses later, uh, he says, And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. Giving you himself, his own holiness, his own life, his own power. He gives this to us. And that's how he identifies us as his children. He gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit alive in us. In other parts of scripture, he says, this spirit cries out from within us, Abba, Father. Like the Holy Spirit within us kind of wells up and like, you are my father. You are my, my heavenly dad. You, you love me. I don't need to be afraid of you. You love me. You've, you've embraced me as your own. Now, that's what God does for us. Now, there is some effort involved on our part if we're going to live a holy life because we're going to be continually tempted, you know, to turn back to old sinful patterns or habits or, or we're going to come across something that just looks good to us. And Well, we were talking about that when we talked about Genesis and that, that rotten fruit that Adam and Eve ate, that we all face that, those temptations. We all face moments uh, where we are, are tested and tried. And uh, we're encouraged. Uh, Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 1, says, Obey God because you're his dear children. Because you belong to him. Obey him. Don't slip back into your old ways of doing evil. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God, who chose you to be his children, is holy. He says he wants there to be a family resemblance here. God is holy, so we need to live holy lives. For he himself has said, you must be holy because I am holy. He's quoting from Leviticus. So because we're his kids... God wants us to live in a way that reflects his holiness, reflects his purity, reflects his goodness, his grace, to live a life that looks like Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, it says, make every effort, and then it says two things, make every effort to live in peace with everyone, and make every effort to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So that's one of those ways that uh, I mentioned we're part of this Church of the Nazarene, this holiness denomination, and... Uh, that's one of the ways that we've differed from some of our fellow Christians. Uh, there are some Christian groups out there that have said, you know what, we'll never be holy in this life. I mean, yes, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So when I die and when I'm face to face with God, he's finally going to get rid of all the mess in my life and I'll finally be made holy. Or if you're Roman Catholic, it might take a while in the purgatory or whatever. You know, we all have different ideas of how we think this is going to work. And uh, before finally we are purified, finally we are holy and can, can live in God's presence and can see the Lord. But in this life, 
Like I said, many Christians just would say, you know what, I'm just always going to be a dirty, rotten sinner. Nothing I can do about it. I'm just always going to be having to ask for God's forgiveness. I'm never going to be able to live a life uh, where I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, where I love my neighbor as myself. I'm just never going to be able to do that. God knows this. That's why he's merciful and gracious. And someday, of course, he'll help me to be holy after I die or something. Well, we look back to a, actually an Anglican priest named John Wesley. He started the Methodist movement, and he said, wait a minute. If we're commanded to be holy, and if, if he's expecting this of us, then surely God's going to make it possible for us to do this, to, to live a holy life. So he tried to, to kind of tease out what that might look like and what that, what that means to live a holy life, a life that's wholly devoted to God. And, uh, and pretty much in our tradition, we, we look back to, to Wesley as kind of our theological grandfather, and... Um, in this tradition, uh, this idea of being holy basically is, is a life that looks like Jesus, a life of love, a life that reflects the life that Jesus lived. Now, at times, we have not done this super well, just to be honest. There have been times that uh, folks in my particular tribe uh, have gotten uh, legalistic about this and have said, well, if you're, if you're going to be a holy person, then you can't do that, and you can't do that, and you can't do that. And we kind of made long lists of things that, that people in the Church of Nazarene can't do. And we're still getting over some of that, just to be honest. Uh, but when I look back at the story of Jesus, I see some people who said, oh, if, I'm going to be, if we're going to be holy, then we need to uh, have a long list of do's and don'ts, and we need to keep ourselves separate from those dirty, unclean sinners over there. And those were the Pharisees, I think, right? I mean, those are the people who said, uh, they, they were the ones that seemed to get kind of legalistic about it. They, they, you know, had their own loopholes for their own, what they wanted to do. But for everybody else, they had very high standards and uh, were unwilling to bend. They were keeping separate from all those dirty, rotten sinners around them. And they had good motives, good hearts. I mean, they believed that if we can do this, finally, if we as a nation will be a holy people, like God commands us to be, then he will send his Messiah. Then he will send his anointed one to come and rescue us. And instead, the Messiah comes, Christ, Jesus, and he kind of goes the opposite direction. It's like, like we saw in that video. He says, you know what, we're not going to get there by separating ourselves from people who need God's holiness, who need to be made pure. This is going to happen because I'm going to come to them and I'm going to touch them. And instead of being infected by them, I'm going to infect them with God's grace, with God's holiness, with God's love. Jesus seeks out the people that other that the good religious people of his day were trying to avoid. And if we are going to be a holy people, then we are going to live like Jesus did. We're going to seek out people who disagree with us. We're going to seek out people who are in extra need of God's grace, and we're going to let them know that they are loved. We're going to let them know that we don't condemn them. We're going to go out of our way to let them know that the God who made them loves them. That's what a holy life looks like. Yes, it takes effort. That's not an easy life. And yes, there are going to be temptations for us to say no to. If we're going to be devoted to God, there are going to be things that we have to lay aside, things that we have to say no to in order to be fully devoted to God, in order to be fully um, reflecting his grace and his goodness to the people around us. But may God help us. If that doesn't look like Jesus, then we've missed the boat. Now today is, uh, is Pentecost Sunday, and we're celebrating the gift of God's Holy Spirit um, that, uh, that makes us holy, that makes us alive. This Holy Spirit that Jesus poured out on his disciples and continues to pour out on us today, that is our hope. Uh, that is what we long for, is for that day when all things are made right, uh, when, when the Holy Spirit finishes its job. Um, until then, we get the opportunity to cooperate with God's Holy Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit, to do like, uh, like Galatians chapter 5 says, and 
where he said, the, the Apostle Paul says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let's, let's be led by the Spirit. Uh, in, that, in that chapter, he, he describes kind of two ways. We can we either let the Holy Spirit guide our lives, or we can let our, our sinful nature and the desires, our sinful desires guide our lives. And he says, hey, if you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are obvious. And he goes on to list a whole bunch of, of kind of a nasty way to live. But then he says in verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. So this is the kind of fruit that grows in a Christian's life as we let the Holy Spirit lead, as we surrender all to him. He purifies the desires of our hearts. He, helps, he fills our hearts with his love for, for God and for neighbor. And the way there is, uh, well, he says it in the next verse, in verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. He says, we take that, uh, that, that sinful nature, those sinful desires, and we say, okay, God, I, I'm, I'm dying to that old way of life. I, I'm not going to keep turning back. I'm not going to keep trusting you and then turning away from you and saying yes to you and then saying no to you. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and end that once for all. I'm, I'm nailing that to a cross. That's gonna, it's going to die, that, that part of my life. I am fully devoted to you. I surrender all to you. In, in chapter 2, verse 20 of Galatians, uh, the Apostle Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That's what a holy life looks like. Christ alive in you, living out uh, the life of God, uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit to love, to do good here in the world today. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for this gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you uh, that on this Pentecost Sunday we can celebrate that uh, you have come so incredibly near to us. Uh, I mean, it was one thing for you to enter into our broken humanity in your son Jesus Christ, to, to experience uh, all of the, uh, what it means to be human and to infuse uh, our human experience with the, the life and grace and goodness of, of yours, of God. But now you have come to us by your Holy Spirit. You, you dwell within each one of us. You're not just next to us. You live in us and through us. So God, I pray that you would help us, that you'd help me, that you'd help all of us to just cooperate fully with the work your Holy Spirit wants to do. If there is any part of us that is resisting your Spirit's leading, God, I pray you'd help us to, to just be done with that part. Nail that, nail that thing to the cross. To die to those sinful passions that want to say no to you, our Heavenly Father. And help us instead to say, okay, God, I know you love me. I'm convinced of this. And so I will trust you fully, completely. Help us to cooperate with the, this, this sanctifying work of your Holy Spirit. This, this work that you do to, to make us holy. To make us Holy yours. Thank you, God. Thank you that we can see you doing this as we look at our lives. We can see the changes that you're making. We can see this fruit growing uh, in us and the ways that we relate to the people around us. We can experience the power that you promised to your disciples. We can experience your energy, your life, uh, making us alive and helping us to live lives that look like Jesus. 
Now, God, you know uh, <laughs> we, we haven't arrived yet. Uh, we're, we're not done. I'm reminded of this uh, ancient prayer. It says, uh, Almighty God, uh, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets can be hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. God, there are no secrets from you. You know us fully and completely. So would you cleanse us by the work of your Holy Spirit so that we might live a life that honors you. God, you know better than we do the challenges that come with that. The way as you are going to be leading us to show love and to show grace in some very difficult circumstances. God, I pray that you would help us not to shrink back, but that you would help us to, to lean into you and the, and the leadership of your Holy Spirit so that we may live lives of love. Thank you, God. We pray this confident in your love and grace because you've shown it to us in Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for doing the work of, of purifying us, of cleansing us, of, of forgiving our sins and transforming our lives by the work of your Holy Spirit. Today, God, we say yes to you. And whatever you want to do in us, through us, thank you, God. Thank you that by your Holy Spirit, you knit us together as the body of Christ. No matter where we are, no matter what's going on, we are yours and we are grateful. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As a word of blessing, I want to read to you the words from uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us today.